Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of BKI Podcast. I'm Scott Kemp, and our very special guest we have today is Dan Napoli. Now, if you don't recognize the name or the face, you sure as hell would recognize the films he's worked on. Dan is a writer, producer, director, and video editor for over 16 years in the paintball industry. He's worked on over a dozen full-length paintball documentaries, half a dozen short films. Some of these films you might have heard of would be Push, Jawbreakers, the video series, Avalanche 101, Death of Glory, the excessive film, Artifacts film, Red Sunday, the vicious documentaries, the Roster series, and the most recent film he's worked on is 15, the Dynasty documentary. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dan, and again, thank you so much for joining us. What's up, Scott? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, of course. We were uh, we were really excited to get you on here. Uh, Grace and I were talking. You know, we're we're always interviewing players and coaches, but yet have we interviewed anybody or you know sat down with somebody who's on the media side? You know, behind the camera. Um, your position is the director of visual storytelling, and I love that. I love that title right there because it's exactly what you do. You you tell stories. And it's so important for our sport to tell a story, to help that sport grow. Um, so, yeah, so how have you been? <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, looking, forward, looking forward to World Cup. I mean, I feel a little bit out of sorts uh, just because, like, Cup's later this year. Mm-hmm. So, normally, you know, I'm like, oh. So yeah, it's never – it's always been in October. It's yeah. never – I can't remember when it's ever been in November, so – it's crazy. No, so it's I, in a weird way. I'm like, oh, I have all this time to plan like our next shoot. Um, yeah, what am I? What am I doing here? Like, I, sh- I should I should be packing up and, and getting ready to go. Like, oh, wait a minute, we have a couple weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, the uh, the role that you play, you know, it's it's so important for you know every sport to tell a story. But I feel like paintball more so than anything because. We need that to grow the sport. We need, you know, we need to give people characters and give people um, role models and and tell these stories because without that, you know, it doesn't. We don't have anything to look at. Like I personally got into tournament paintball because of your documentary Push. And oh, dude, that's, <laughs> that's that's amazing, and and that's so. I mean, that's so crazy. Like, that's what got me into it. And, and, you know, so, of course, I have to clarify, I I always, uh, so that new, especially so that new kids understand, um, you know, I was a baby underling on Push. Yeah. Um, I was the music supervisor for Pat Spore and the director and Brian Benini, the producer. Mm -hmm. And that was my first, that was my first foray. Like, I had gone to journalism school and then I had started working in paintball. Um, I'd gone to journalism school with a minor in sports marketing. And was a huge like skate, surf, punk rock, action sports kind of came to it from that perspective. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm maybe a minute or two older than some of the kids in the audience. <laughs> I'm 40 this year, so this is like the mid late 90s when X Games and like all this stuff was kind of really happening. Yeah, kind of how how I got into to working in, in the industry. And I, re- I remember I was working at Warp Sports. I remember, and I came past my boss came at Portman's desk, and he was on the phone. He was like, Hey, 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 come back here. And he, I'm not even sure. I'm like, who is he talking to? He's like, hey, you, you got to talk to this guy who just hired. He's got like a lot of music 
connections and experience. And so I talked to Pat and Brian and yeah, push was like the little first thing that I had ever done. Um, in just basically, which was, uh, Pat and Brian were cool enough. I, I, I think they, they let me like pick two songs slash suggestions. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it was mostly like pulling tracks for Pat and Brian. Yeah. Or, or doing the work to go find, like, you know, Pat's like, hey, I really want to get this song licensed, figured out who the rights holders are. Mm-hmm. But I remember when that premiered, and honestly, I mean, it sounds pretty ego-driven, but seeing that credit, and, and they were cool enough to do full screen, like it wasn't on the scroll, it was like music supervisor Dan Apley. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, <laughs> I want to make this, I, I want to do this. Yeah, and for, for any of the listeners, um, you know, more specifically newer players, who haven't watched Push or even heard of this, you have to watch Push. This is a classic. You know, I I remember when I was 14, 15 years old, uh, we were watching this on VHS, um, and we would watch this Friday night before my dad would drive us to the paintball field on Saturday morning, and we would just get amped up. And it's it tells stories. It gives characters. I was looking up to people like Chris Lasoya and Rocky Cagnoni, and... I would have had no idea who these people were if this film didn't exist, you know, and um, seeing what pro paintball is like. Um, I've never been to a, a pro paintball tournament, so all I had was what I was watching on film, and it just looks so much fun, and that just really sparked my passion to get into tournament paintball. Well, Scott, you guys, like, I, I want to go, uh, sorry for, for that tangent a little bit, but I want to go back. One of the first things that you said about the importance of telling stories for, for paintball. And, and I think for you guys as, as pros, it's even, it's even more important because you guys are operating behind such a disadvantage. I mean, you are, you are five on five hockey goalies. Like you mm. truly are <laughs> as players to make connections. Like people literally cannot see your faces when you play. Yeah. Like, yes clear goggles you can see you can see the eyes or clear lenses pardon me mm-hmm. as you get a little bit more but you guys are at such a distinct disadvantage yeah to, to connect with the audience on a, on a broader sense from the broadcast themselves probably a little bit more i suppose like football players but mm-hmm. but i think that that really really makes the importance of the documentary side, the storytelling, the, the support stuff, really, really important to really build fans and and long-term fans for you guys as athletes and the teams and for the sport in general. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And, and you're also um, doing film for a company um, for Victory Fight Championship, which is a UFC league too, correct? Yeah. So my... Like you mentioned, my Fancy Pants title is Director of Visual Storytelling, which is, is Fancy Pants ad agency for lead creative. I work for a social media branding agency called Herd Ad. They had bought my production company last year. And one of our clients is VFC. Uh, VFC is kind of right now like UFC's top developmental league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're kind of one of the cornerstones of their Fight Pass um, streaming service, kind of like, you know, their equivalent of Go Sports. Yeah. It, obviously it's UFC, so they have a ton of content in there. So yeah, we've been working. Victory happens to be based out of Omaha. Oh, which nice. Is where I, yeah, which is where I live. So uh, yeah, we were able to start doing work with them uh, beginning of this year. So that's been a really fun, really interesting experience. Now, would you say it's easier to film that than paintball 
and, oh, and God, yeah. <laughs> James, James and I, my, my assistant editor and camera operator, we were laughing. At first, I'm, I'm going through. You're like, this is too time. easy. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, James, you're, you're money, man. You are a rock star. You didn't miss a single finish. And then I, we laughed and I thought about it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, what the hell? What else are you going to film? It's not like you're stuck and the guy moves out of the out of the corner yeah. and you're like, Oh, I, I don't know what I'm going to shoot. I guess I'm just going to sit here. But you know, juxtapose that with football where mm-hmm. maybe we're following somebody, you know, we're following you down the Doritos and this and that. And then, and then you, you die in front of me. Like, okay, you're eliminated. And now I'm like, all right, where's, I've been watching this one person or these two people interact. Where are the bodies? In a way, I'm in some of the same situation as you guys that are players as like, okay, who's left? Where's everybody at? Can I even get my camera over there, depending on how the field's laid out? Yeah. So two dudes with one center point in the middle of the ring, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I bet. So when you're filming paintball, um, is there anything you're looking for in particular when you're stepping on the field um, or doing you know, footage outside? Do you already kind of have an idea of something you're looking for, or is there like a general idea? And I know it's got to be tough too because you know the game is so fast and you can't predict you know where people are going to go and who's going to die and what like that. Like, what are you looking for exactly? Um, that, that was—I mean, those are great, great questions. <laughs> those are—they are hard. Um, it depends. Some of it depends on the project, and then sort of what we need and what we're doing um, as as our content, as our storytelling has evolved, and we've really gotten into storytelling. I mean, what we used to do back in the day when we started the content, um, so we're talking 06, 7, 8, 9, obviously all the, you know, the game was different, was just kind of accuracy through volume. Mm-hmm. Just show up, shoot as many points as we can, yeah. flipping the camera all over the place, see what we get back, um, make a car crash reel. As we've really gotten mm-hmm. into storytelling, it's, it depends on the project, right? So if we know that we need Archie footage, like maybe we're just hosing down Archie and mm-hmm. we're just following him. Yeah. Um, now, again, much like you guys as players, we're at the mercy of field design and then our ability to move around. Um, and as some other things have come in, which, which again are, of course, good for the sports and the fan, but you know, now there's, there's a giant jib on mm-hmm. one side of the field. I can't move around that guy. Right. So one of the things that we're maybe looking for is – Again, maybe similar to you guys are, who can I shoot from this spot? Okay, if I come here, I can get an amazing-looking breakout, and that guy's going to dive right into my camera in, like, the back corner. The downside is once he dies or he gets in and then he moves down the field, I can't shoot anything else. I can't see anything else. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, a high-risk, high-risk, high-reward. You get low-yield. We get like one awesome shot, especially if we're shooting the super duper slow mo, but it's not, there's not a lot of utility to it. Like, I can't do three or four different things. Yeah. Maybe we'll find another place, maybe more up towards the 50, um, maybe near kind of like a snake one and be like, okay, here I can, I have four different shots. I can get an okay breakout if somebody gets into the, the woo or gets into the W, mm-hmm. I can do something with him, okay, and I can, and I can shoot the snake. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, the best laid plans, too, sometimes you're like, okay, we're going to cover this player, 
like, oh my God, he's dying off the break every time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now we're not getting 20 points a game like like old school X-Ball, or we're not even getting seven or eight all that often. You know, a lot of times now, for whatever reason, four, three, um, you know, three to two type scores. And so, so that's less opportunities for us to actually get get the players. So yeah, there's a lot of factors that we, we have to try to balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of work. And like you were saying, you know, sometimes your, your game plan is just shoot by volume and, you know, come home with countless hours of footage and then work with it from there. And that's gotta be a lot of work too. Um, and what do you, what do you feel like the hardest part of your job is, you know, filming, editing, um, you know, what do you think, your overall, like the, the hardest part is in your specific job? Oh, that, that's a, that's a good question. It depends on, for me personally, it's probably filming. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably the strongest as a storyteller and as an editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the conditions, I mean, you, um, God, all of, Buddha, Mother Nature, like the nebulae, if you're Oliver, whatever you believe in, <laughs> they did not intend for us to get onto a paintball field with people shooting projectiles mm-hmm. while we've got $12,000 cameras. No. And we're trying to manage focus, exposure with the sun. You also have climate. goggles on. <laughs> yeah, we also have goggles on. We're getting shot at. Um, <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting bounced from, um, I mean, man, the worst shots I've ever taken are never straight on from a player. They're, of course, like stuff that's bounced that's like ricocheted off a bunker, oftentimes behind me. Where mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm not, we're, not only are we not ready for it, but obviously I don't have any padding on back there. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely say filming is, is the most difficult. And then you hope something happens, right? And then you hope you have the camera. I mean, there's just literally those countless times where you have a shot of a guy right in front of you and then you we you have another shot, and the guy in front of you is like, "All right, he's not really doing anything right now. He's just kind of peeking. I'm gonna move over." And the second you move the camera on to say like the guy in the back center, the guy in front of you, closest to you in, in a physical sense, gets shot, or somebody comes and runs him down. Yeah, and can't get there <laughs> quick. Yeah. So I'd say filming's the hardest. Yeah, that sounds like it. Editing probably is the most time-consuming, but filming is, is is tough because you only got one shot a lot of times, huh? Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Editing is, is definitely uh, definitely the most time-consuming, um, and and then especially for what we are doing because we've really become so story-driven. I mean, I can knock out. A, you know, we kind of refer to it as a car crash action reel, like mm-hmm. whatever the, you know, give me a song and then just have people randomly being blown to pieces. Like those anymore can be knocked out pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But when you really try to get into, like on the Dynasty film, yeah. I don't always end up doing the best job of it, but pacing and tempo and story and really trying to, um, that stuff is, is super time consuming. And then for paintball, um, what we would call like the, the front end, just the, the log and ingest, because for what I do and that I've been doing it so long, like we're almost like an NFL film situation. So like 
I know this won't happen anytime soon, Scott, but let's say you came back to an Eclipse team mm-hmm. for some reason. <laughs> and Eclipse would obviously say, hey, well, Scott's played with us before. Like, you know, they would basically do a call like, hey, let's cut a Scott Kemp promo from when he shot, you know, did, did play for one of our teams. Mm-hmm. I'm expected to have liberized all the footage that we've shot over the years. Oh, wow. Be able to go back and like, okay, what years did Scott play for X Factor? Okay, and then find those clips. So we can't just have them, like, you know, when you bring something in off your phone or your, uh-huh. your DSLR and it, it's just like MOV 9100, like, we can't leave clips like that. No. Because I can't ever find them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You must have so much footage. Drives. <laughs> or drives, hard drives, just all over the house. <laughs> so you've filmed a lot. You, you have more stuff than you can remember. And I'm sure if somebody even showed you a lot of your clips you've done, you wouldn't even recognize that it was you doing it because you have so much footage, right? No, I'd have to. <laughs> I still have. I have a, a safety deposit box at a, oh, wow. a bank that's got tapes in it. Wow. Um, because probably for the first, I don't know, I mean, probably until 2009 or, or 10, which sounds unbelievable, but we were still shooting onto tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've got tons of mini DV tapes in the safety deposit <laughs> That's box. That's crazy. Um, so I have, I have a question for you. Do you have like a favorite moment that you've ever caught on camera? And I'm sure you have a lot of, you know, top moments um, that you've caught on camera and you've done so much filming, but is there any one particular that comes to mind that was, you know, one of your favorite moments that you captured through paintball? You know, dude, this is going to sound like complete BS (laughs) because I'm doing it for BKI, but it's not like I I can give you the shot and and the moment. Uh And it's when X factor beat impact Mm -hmm. at world cup. And we were, we were doing roster. I was, I was in the pit. I wasn't in the field. I was in X factors pit. Yeah. And there's a shot of Alex Martinez and Dixon Yang. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. He's 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 crying on the net and then, Oh yeah. And then he jumps and hugs Alex and cries. Oh yeah. Oh man. That was probably, um, you know, what happened with Kyle Spica in Dynasty last year in 15 is close, but the only thing is, like, on some – it was so improbable, but on some levels, Dynasty's success, they've been so successful, it's so expected. Mm-hmm. Um, that moment, not that it was was not well-earned by by X Factor in the, in the least, but, God, that was just such a genuine moment. Yeah, it was a, such an emotional moment. I know, I know exactly what clip you're talking about, too. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you, you know uh, Alex and, and Dixon had been together since, uh, you know, Dixon's obviously a grown-ass man now, but mm-hmm. he was, they've been together since, what he, you know, he took those guys up when they were just kids, 14, 15. Um, so, so to kind of see that, it just, that was, that, honest to God, again, it sounds really cheesy, but it was humbling yeah. to capture that. I like that. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> um, so you've been around paintball for a long time. You've been filming paintball um, for since, since 2000, you know, over 16 years now. Um, you've seen tournament paintball change and go through 
turmoil and, and different formats and ups and downs and on TV and this and that. Um, from the media side of it, what do you think paintball needs uh, to grow and, and step up to the next level? Probably more storytelling. Probably, probably better storytelling. Mm-hmm. More support storytelling around the around the tournaments and and kind of what goes into there. I mean, you know, I I, I implore anybody out there who, who loves paintball or who loves production and wants to be in paintball production, um, don't just watch but observe. Mm-hmm. Like observe what UFC does, observe how other sports work, observe how other sports entertainment. So I know there's always a good giggle, but observe like the structure of how WWE conducts itself. And that kind of stuff is like clockwork. Like, and what I mean by that is for UFC, there is not a main event for one of their fights that they don't have cut to a packaged material, which has been airing all for the weeks leading up to that fight Yeah. of, you know, McGregor versus Diaz and the kind of back and forth. And even if you just look at the sheer math, right? Like UFC is probably doing about, well, probably about 12 hours of um, fight content a a month, the actual broadcast of the fights. And they're probably doing 60 to 80 of support from, you know, Dana White's looking for a fight to like McGregor's notorious series to the embeddeds that that build up so there's they really cultivate the appetite for like oh my god i can't wait for that next fight um and i think for paintball to kind of take to the next level and and broaden the fan base even more and retain the fan base i i think that's where a lot of the focus has yeah to maybe build some rivals between teams and, and hype up that match that's coming in a month you know absolutely um you know, to get back a little, I mean, you want stuff to be emotional, yeah. but you want it to be, you want there to be rivalries. You mm-hmm. want there to be emotion. like, look at, um, look at what was going on with Dynasty and Infamous for a while. And even, mm-hmm. and even this year, earlier in, you know, Brad McCurley is fit to be tied that Ryan cheated him. Mm-hmm. Whether that's actually what happened or not, it, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's like... And I think sometimes paintball, maybe just as a sport, we don't quite think about. Um, now, you also have to remember from me being selfish, like Infamous isn't in my stable or our, the Eclipse stable. And if they were, maybe we would have done something with it. <laughs> like, you know, it's picking up on those kinds of things like that and not shying away from, um, you know, Maddie Marshall always says, which I think he's, he borrows from Dana White, but controversy breeds cash. Yeah. Um, you know, tap, tap, tapping into that a, a, a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. And it goes back to what you said about it's very hard to build characters and, and stories when we have goggles on at all times. And it takes away that face because all we have is our headgear and a player number on our back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and thankfully, like, the league's over – over time have improved that. Like I remember, um, this is like funny side story. I had cut a piece. Frank, Frank Connell had asked me to cut a piece for him for like a video game. Mm-hmm. Insert, maybe five, six years ago, Frank was on a team. Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah. At the time. Well, it was one of those deals where 
six different guys were wearing Danny Tiljack jerseys. So at the time, like, I, you know, and it was like a back center over the shoulder where it could have been. So I cut this thing together for Frank and he's like, dude, half of that footage isn't me. <laughs> and I'm like, what? like, I, I know what position you play on the field. Like, what do you, he's like, oh, well, I didn't play, I didn't play every point. And like, we were short. So like I was wearing a Tiljack jersey or you see that or like oh. <laughs> one, one night in November is a film that we did, uh, Aftershock film mm-hmm. and everybody's Drew Templeton because they had like a bunch of the distortion kids came up and there's like six Drew Templeton jerseys. So there was a point in time where you couldn't even trust the name of the jersey on the back um, to represent who it actually was. Yeah. Even more (laughs) Right, yeah. And I think that you can still play in um, someone else's name as long as it's the team jersey. I I don't think that that's a rule because I remember – I think it was on Revo. Um, they had, you know, somebody left their jersey and they had to wear uh, one of their teammates' jerseys. I think you're right. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that happened last event. Um, yeah. You know, I was I was bummed when they got rid of uh, Lauren Kelly doing those game interviews, you know, after the matches. And um, with the split deck, you know, you, you cut out that time to do that sideline um commentating and interviews and stuff but i felt like that helped give character you know after every match she was over there interviewing people um she was like in the pits even you know as the match is going grabbing people during the match and kind of interview hey are you not up this point can i interview you really quick um that was something that i felt kind of hurt us getting rid of that she did a good job and you know that was lauren was good at her was good at her job she works outside she works outside the industry as well um, yeah, I mean, it, it just becomes like, you know, split deck is kind of its whole ball of wax, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if Rab listens to your podcast or not. Hi, Rab. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully. But hopefully he should. Right? But no, it just, you know, I get it. it. It's, it's good in a way and it solves a lot of problems on, on some other things and it has a lot of benefits, um, from the production side. And if you were to think about it like a show, mm-hmm. It has some drawbacks. It cuts out that Lauren Kelly time like that. It also changes the way that there's commercial breaks. So that changes, um, this is all boring video business stuff, but that changes the, your inventory for revenue for the way that you can potentially sell advertising because you don't have those built-in breaks. It also limits some of those, what I was, we were talking about a few minutes ago with UFC stuff, with those kind of like packaged hype deals, um, where you could you could immediately drop in, you just don't have that because you're you're instead you're replacing it with like constant action, um, you know, which has benefits in its in its way as well. But yeah, that's that's the trade off. You lose things, um, and I thought Lauren got to be got to be good by the time you know it's a it's a hard sport to get a handle on. Yeah, um, it takes you a couple of two three years, but yeah, I thought she had added. You know, again, it was just for you guys as athletes. It was a nice opportunity to get the goggle off and make a connection as to like, oh yeah, okay, like that's Scott, like that's number eighty six. He just did that. They're just talking about playing on the Dorito side. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, when this team comes up again, now I kind of liked what that guy said, or I hated what that guy said. I think he's kind of a, you know, <laughs> yeah. I hope he gets shot. Either one of those reactions are are great. Like yeah, exactly. 
give him a character. Racing, <laughs> you know, that the worst, um, a couple years back with, with X Factor, I was like, dude, you guys, you guys are killing me. Would you quit, would you quit going two and two and missing the cut by like a point? Cause mm-hmm. that's like the boringest, like I need you to either, either whoop people <laughs> or, or get like your ass whooped or just step on it and blow your top. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. It needs to be dramatic and you got to have character. You got to, you know, give somebody a character. Um, but that, yeah, that kind of leads into my next question here that Grayson sent this one in and I really like this. Um, this is a good question. So, I mean, since you've been, uh, doing paintball film, you, you've pretty much been, you know, working for somebody else and, and running, um, your show on somebody else's diamond that usually pertains to you have to um, create what they want you to create and how they want it done. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of input and um, creativity on your side where you can kind of do things your way. But for a lot of it, I'm sure you have to do things specifically. Um, in paintball, you know, and, and it's the same with us with with sponsorships, you know, whatever company you're sponsored by, you're wearing their gear head to toe. Um, and that's what you have to do because, you know, they take care of you. Um, but in paintball, if you, if, if money wasn't an object and you, you know, had all the equipment and could film any way you wanted, um, would you film paintball any differently and edit and write stories any differently? Um, and if so, how, how would you do it? Thanks, Grayson. Uh, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big question. Um, I mean, not again. Not to sound like a like a, like a company man. Eclipse is, is is pretty great to work with. They give me a lot of 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 input and leeway. The one thing I would probably say, I, I don't know. I mean, I won't get coverage, quote unquote coverage it would be boring because we start talking about, about technical stuff. Mm -hmm. I I think the one limitation I have, and this is completely reasonable, but if I want to tell a story that doesn't relate back to eclipse in some way, shape or form, it doesn't like, we can't go forward with that. And again, that's totally reasonable. This is eclipse, eclipse marketing Mm -hmm. money, but like I would love to make a documentary on like the rise and fall of JT. Mm-hmm. Or like the golden, you know, or like the golden era of, of tournament paintball. Um, doing like a, a, a documentary on uh, the rise and fall of Avalanche, because again, younger viewers, listeners might not pick up on this. There, there was a time in paintball when Avalanche was the like, they were the first rock stars. Yeah. Um, that has to be done outside because there's no strategic interest for Eclipse to do something. Yeah. Um, I probably the only other thing would be if if we had full control, maybe as a little bit more field design. I know that always is again because we're you know we're kind of at your mercy, right? Um, you so just, you just don't know. With we show up to the field, and it really influences what you know the the action looks like. Um, I think some of the best stuff that's ever that's ever been done in terms of filmed and then uh, televised paintball is where the director has been very involved in the field design. And the one that always pops in my head is um, 
HB maybe 2010, maybe 2011, but there was a year when it was webcast on ESPN 360 when that was their kind of webcasting platform. And Brad Mon, who's been my production partner for years, uh, is pretty hard to you know argue Brad's resume. He's a uh, graduate of a really prestigious film school and you know a multi-time world champion founder of Dynasty really constructed that field, both knowing as a pro paintball player and then as a filmer and where he was trying to get the action. And I even remember guys were like complaining to him because they're like, geez, Brad, this thing's a meat grinder, man. We just keep filling people into this snake and just, just getting, just destroying each other. And Brad's like, yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, that would probably be, but, you know, look, I'm in a, a, a very fortunate spot in the industry um, so I really can't complain very much. Like I said, Eclipse is super supportive of, and, and, you know, they give me, they give me a lot of leeway. Um, and I got to give a lot of credit. Like Al Woods is their brand manager. Not a lot of people probably know Al, um, but he has a really good perspective on things. So, but if, if I had to say it'd be one thing, it would, it would probably be that would there's, or, you know, I, I would love to do a documentary on the making of Push. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, assuming Pat and Brian would actually even let us do that. <laughs> so, Pat and Brian. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I'm curious, what do you, what do you look for on a, fill, on a field that um, makes it better to film on? You know, is there anything particular that's, that's easier to film or maybe just more action? You know, what makes a good... Uh, field layout um good for you guys um so so one thing is is line of sight you want the like tallest bunkers in the back and then it to go down and mm-hmm. that's okay if it kind of peaks back up in the middle um when there's when there's pins around i mean i know this year and with the, with the W is its own thing we're still trying to figure out. But if you remember, there's a huge trend there for a while um, with the PSP of putting pins near the middle of the field, yeah. kind of near the A. Like, that's disastrous for us because I can't follow you guys. It's like following you through traffic, right? Like, you get yeah. to go do something. And then and it blocks like, out. And it blocks out, uh, yeah, as, as we pan. They're always um, like that pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, Scott, I know. <laughs> like, trust um, me, I know. I, I have know. plenty of footage uh, of pins. <laughs> How many hours of footage of the, just the, the pins blocking your shot out do you have? <laughs> yeah, just footage. Lots of, lots of footage of Brad and I swearing at the camera. Yeah. It's rolling. Son of a... You know, we, we, we missed the guy going through. Um, you know, and probably every filmer is a little bit different depending on their their skills or their preferences. It's like, I like, uh, which sounds like a terrible answer, I like a medium field, meaning um, if, the field's, if the field's very technical and just sitting and gunfighting, mm-hmm. that's not very dynamic. Um, on the flip side, sometimes where those fields are so fast, like you don't really see that very much anymore, but... You're, you're almost having like a hard time, um, you know, keeping up. I mean, I, I think what becomes key, I, again, I don't know how you guys feel about it as players, but um, when there's spots that are kind of like I was talking earlier about uh, us as filmers that are high risk but high reward, 
mm-hmm. for you guys as players, I feel like it becomes interesting filming because you guys will try to make those spots at some point because I think you get rewarded for getting them. Right, right. Um, and what's frustrating is you and, and you figure this out quickly, like you totally get composed and set up for a shot and then you're like, oh, right nobody's going directly to the snake off the break because they're not idiots. That's not good. Okay. Well, what am I, what am I set up here for? Or you realize that like, ah, you know what? They're almost, um, nobody's going to attempt to get in this spot because it's too hard to get in. And if you get in there, you can't really do anything. So that kind of knocks it out for then It's like, uh, like, and, and that might be a particular bunker though, that I have really good access to. Mm. And so that's where you get kind of like, oh, man, um, well, I'm set up really well if anybody goes to this bunker, which they're not going to. Yeah, to. so you got to really know how the field's playing and, and study how pe- teams and people, um, specific people, play those spots too. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, and th- that, that is a nice thing of doing it for so long with guys we've worked with for a long time, like Grayson and Archie's ears or, or the Dynasty guys – you, you know, you kind of learn a little bit how they, they tend to play or, or at the very least, um, you learn those guys' body language. Yeah. So like I was talking earlier when I need to go pick up a shot or I'm in a position where I can't read the jersey back, you know, like, like Greenspan moves himself in a very distinctive way physically. Um, so you're like, Oh, okay, cool. You, you know, back in the day it was like with soy and Rocky, you look for the hair. Like, yeah. Where's the ponytail? There it is. Um, you don't get a lot of that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what advice would you give, uh, for any listeners out there who are new to, um, media and in paintball or, or want to start getting into it? Um, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say try to work local first. Try to work divisional because if you can, you can start to build relationships with some of the guys that you're shooting. You know, I think immediately some of the guys out of the gate want to like, Hey, uh, I'm in Southern California. I'm going to go talk. Let let me talk to Scott and see if we can get something going with the iron. Mm -hmm. Um, of course that's super attractive, but there's probably a ton of local teams at Pendleton that you can get your reps on and, and you can get your skill a little bit better and maybe they're not getting as much coverage. Maybe they can really use so You can start to build both your craft and your relationship. Um, the other thing that I would say is if you find somebody who will take the time to give you feedback, and I don't mean the token like that was awesome or even the tater that's like that sucked, but somebody that's like, hey, will really talk to you and give you like detailed notes. I think young creatives tend to really bruscle at that. You know, uh, F you, man, don't tell me how, but, but it's actually a gift if somebody wants to sit down and give you detailed feedback on what you, what you created. It actually helps you become a better creative. So I, I would just implore anybody to, if they get that opportunity, value it. Don't, don't dismiss it as somebody just hating on your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you have any any mentors or any big influencers when you started or or even idols or role models who you never even met but their work influenced you? Oh yeah, I've been super fortunate. Um, idols or role models I've never met would have to probably be Stacy Peralta, 
who did Dogtown and Z Boys. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Also did um, the Bones Brigade. Uh, Stacy. I mean, I watched his stuff growing up. Stacy in the late seventies or early eighties transitioned from being a pro skater. I, I mean, he revolutionized skateboarding with like the home video. And it's really a model that we've taken out of what we're doing now. I mean, it's just been the way skating's worked forever, where these brands produce videos of their writers. I mean, Stacy was hugely influential. Um, I've, Brad Mont pretty much taught me everything I knew. Um, and and s- still to this day, I just had an awesome conversation with him last week about what we're going to do at Cup. And he always he always pushes me to keep thinking and, and really push because we're at the point now where like things don't happen on accident, you know. So like you'll see in the X Factor film that we're working on, um, you might hate it, but they're positioned and looking at the camera a specific way for a specific reason, um, and that's Brad constantly pushing me. Mm-hmm. Pass for from Monkey with a Gun and and push and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, it was always yeah. They kind of took you under their wing. Yeah, man. Pat kind of took you under your wing for the starting with like the push project, right? Yeah, for sure. And and Pat's always been um, had had always been encouraging. Um, so yeah, those guys like I've been, you know, I've I've been really fortunate. And you know, like I said, Brad, hand in hand. I mean, he always in, in the early days let me ask a thousand questions because going to journalism school and going to film school is totally different. Mm-hmm. Journalism school they prepare you to work in like at like a news channel. Uh, which is a very different aesthetic. Like Brad was the first person I was like, oh, you went to film school. Like, whoa. And then, you know, that was a whole nother level. Um, so, yeah, I can't say enough about him. Nice. <laughs> All right. So give me your top three, top three films that you've worked on, uh, paintball films. Paintball films that, that I've worked on in any way, shape, or form or that I've directed? Um, that you've directed. Top okay. three. Um, 15. Mm-hmm. One Night in November, Aftershock. And that's the film that, I think just because the shock story is so crazy because they're so ride or die, but that's the film, prior to 15 anyways, that people would come up to me the most about and and comment on. And then Coming Home, also with Dynasty, which was Oliver's return to the team. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Five-year absent. Nice. Uh, Any projects you're working on right now? Um, yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got four films, two shorts and, and two full lengths in the pipe. Uh, we've got a, a, a long X factor film, um, working title right now is called Texas is the reason, uh, these tend to change sometime by the time they come out, but really kind of focusing on X factor and their place in paintball in Texas paintball and also Texas's kind of role in the, the overall uh, landscape of paintball um, together, you know, all fit together. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there. Dug out some old Texas dudes. Got got an interview with with a guy named Jer- Jeremy Hazelwood from a team called Addicted, mm-hmm. talking about some old school Texas paintball. It, oh yeah, should be cool. I remember Addicted. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. And like Archie and and, and Dixon came kind of came up through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're pretty excited. That's. That's going to be our 15-esque piece of, of the year in terms of our, our biggest large film. Um, and that will probably be out, you know, obviously we're going to film cut, so that will probably be out at the beginning of 2017 in the off-season. And then um, working on a couple shorts, uh, 
a piece on Blue Hands and EMR Blues Crew, which is like a scenario team. Um, so that's a little bit different for us. And then a piece called E25, because this is Eclipse's 25th anniversary. And it's kind of about the history of Eclipse, but it's through uh, the lens, if you will, of Jack Wood, mm -hmm. uh, who's the lead engineer and the designer of, of, of the Ego and also was their first employee. So this will be different than Unemployable, which is a, a history of Doc that we had done a couple years ago that really featured Leds and Jacko and, and Julian nice. Carr, the other co-owner. This is really going to be kind of like through Jack's eyes. So we're excited about that. That'll be cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, you're always staying busy, huh? Right. <laughs> One project to the next. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I want to thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. Um, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, you you made some time to, to hop on here for BKI Paintball. And, um, yeah, I, I love I love hearing all the – the stories you have and the advice you have and stuff. Um, this was, this was a really good one. So we're going to wrap it up and I'll, I'll let you go. Um, but be, before we do, um, is there any sponsors out there you want to thank? And also, um, any social media where people can follow you on social media as well as your website and stuff. Um, so how people can look you up and, uh, Obviously, all, all this work has, has been under the banner of, of Planet Eclipse, you know, and can't say enough. I mean, their their commitment to players and to the sport uh, and to telling stories is like super commendable. So I can't say enough about them. Um, if people want to follow me on social media, uh, Dan Napoli Films on Instagram is probably the best place to get peeks uh, at my work, both paintball and non-paintball. Uh, if you're interested in the other non-paintball work I do as well, you can always check out herdat.com. Uh, it's a weird spelling, H-U-R-R-D-A-T.com. Uh, that's our social branding agency, or also herdatfilms.com. Cool, cool. Well, thank you again so much for joining. Um, I want to thank, obviously, my sponsor, Die Precision. I want to thank all the BKI members, because without you guys, we wouldn't have this. Um, and again, for anybody who's listening that hasn't checked out BKI, um, check out BKI Paintball. We got tons of great tutorials um, on paintball, fitness, nutrition, um, and yeah, we try to stay active and relevant and help people bring their game to the next level. So thank you again so much, Dan. Um, I, look, I look forward to seeing you at Cup, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks, Scott. All right. Take care.